The Premier League is back and it is back with a bang. There's plenty to discuss on the Lost Possession podcast. Roll the intro. Hello, dear viewer slash listener. Plenty to discuss, as just mentioned there, on the Premier League as it made its big return at the weekend slash week, whatever way you want to look at it, it is that time of year. Arsenal burst West Ham's bubbles to extend their lead at the top of the Premier League. City closed the gap to Arsenal to five points after winning at Ellen Road last night. And Chelsea beat Bournemouth to maintain their push for the Champions League. Plus, plenty more Premier League action to discuss. But before we begin, I want to emphasise that could you please like, share and subscribe to the Lost in Possession podcast because you have no idea how much it helps, especially our recent episode that discussed all things fantasy football because we have had an absolute blinding week except for Jamie. So give that a watch, listen to our tips and of course you will go on to become a success in the world of fantasy football. If not, you can blame Jamie because his, his advice was not very good. So let's touch, Let well, let's get started, shall I say. And let's start with, of course, the league's table toppers, which are Arsenal, who, when they were last top of the, of the top of what, first division Premier League on Christmas, they actually went on to win it. Um, they came back from a scare after going 1-0 down at home to West Ham in a London derby to go on to win 3-1. But of course, probably should have been a lot more comfortable than that. Uh, Jordan, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on the performance? Um, you know, Do you think Arsenal are potentially the real deal to be the be champions come May? Uh, yeah, I mean, every single win, you know, they're chipping away now. Um, they look more and more confident. They look, look more of a sort of complete side. Um, but I think this win against West Ham was, was particularly, you know, noteworthy just purely because obviously Jesus was out. There was doubts over Nketiah. You know, is he good enough to win the title? You know, I, I said it myself over the Christmas break. I, I don't think, personally, I, I don't think Nketiah is good enough to win Arsenal that league. Um, and I've struggled to, to imagine a situation where Nketiah's Arsenal, you know, surpasses, you know, Haaland's Man City. I just don't see it. But credit to Arsenal. They're, they're showing that resiliency that they've never had, being honest. They've not had for over a decade. You know, last year, year before that, probably last five, six years, an Arsenal team that goes 1-0 down, whether it's home, whether it's away, they just don't come back. They just don't. If anything, they lose the game 2-0. But now we're looking at an Arsenal team that they just believe. There's no doubt in their mind that they're going to win that game. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's mad to say, but they're showing those qualities that you've seen out of Man City, where Man City go a goal down, you're like, doesn't matter. <laughs> you know they're going to win. You know they can score three goals in eight minutes and whatever to win the league. And Arsenal now, suddenly, again, it's mind-blowing that we're in this position, but... They're, they're looking like a team when they go one down, you're like, yeah, they're just they're just going to come back. Um, and again, look, West Ham, you know, let, let's not get carried away, I guess. West Ham are having probably one of their worst seasons in a very long time. Table-wise, I believe they're in, yeah, I mean, they're 16th place. They're one point. West Ham are one point off the relegation zone. Let that sink in. So this, you know, this isn't a West Ham team of old that are hard to beat. So to some degree, I don't want to you know get too carried away by this win for Arsenal. 
But the bottom line is they're coming back, even when they're going down, they're coming back winning confidently. And this is uncharacteristic of everything we've seen. Um, and yeah, it, they, they're starting to look like a, a side who actually, as crazy as it is, could win the league. Um, and what about you, Jamie? I know Jordan's mentioned there about how good, you know, Arsenal looks. Um, and of course, as a City fan, I'm sure, you know, you, you probably still remain confident of catching them at this moment in time. But, you know, even if you look at the stats, you know, West Ham had, was it eight shots, four of them on target compared to Arsenal's 16 and five. So it wasn't like they were a complete disaster. You know, they, they just can't seem to get the results. But, you know, what, what do you think of that? Would you be worried if you was a West Ham fan or... Or do you think, you know, Arsenal are really, really looking good? Um, a bit of note about, like, so West Ham, I wouldn't actually be too concerned. You actually looked fairly good at Arsenal, considering you're not going to go there and be expansive in attack. You defended well for pretty much majority of the game. And really, if you look at that first goal, Odegaard's trying to have a shot outside the box completely scuffs it and it's just fortunate it's fell into Saka's lap and he's put it away nicely but another day Odegaard has that shot it goes into Rosette it's still 1-0 and the pressure doesn't continue to mount and then the second like then you look at the second it was I think it's Fabianski in goal what are you how do you get beat like that near post? It's very poor goalkeeping. Um, so really on a different day, West Ham could have actually come out with that with a point and maybe even try to hold on with the win. So I wouldn't be too concerned. But on the other way, Arsenal were sort of, it was, it looked like Arsenal were going to go and score because they kept, they were just relentless, continuously going like they should be doing. Um but really, that was a game you expect West Ham to win, coming back and at home, because Arsenal's home record is, I think they've played 7-1-7, seven, seven, something like that this season. So you can't really expect them to drop points. It's more coming to these... I think if they had an away game today when you've got the, the doubt over Inketia and sort of without, without Jesus, I think that's where you'll see what you're properly made of in a game like that if you go one nil down and you're away from home because I think I think uh, using Chelsea as an example when you played Leeds you were fine then you conceded and then it just fell to fell apart Arsenal probably won't might not do that then they're in a much better form than say Chelsea but it's still wait till it happens away from home and I think that's where you're you might see not cracks, I think that'd be a bit harsh, but you might not pick up the three points. Um, no, yeah. no, I agree with you. I would. I think. I think. Yeah, and Ketia scored a good goal, and I know we had a laugh in the group chat that I said he, I, you know, I don't think he's good enough, and then he goes and scores. Um, I still, I still don't think he's good enough. I think he'll score a great goal there, but then you probably won't see him for the next few games. Um, I, I think. Going one nil down, regardless what people thought of the penalty, you know they shouldn't be getting themselves in that situation in the first place. Um, but a lot of positives to take. You know the momentum really swung when they got that equaliser, and they didn't look like they were going to lose anyway. You're right. So good performance, you know. But but Brighton away, 
at the weekend is is definitely a much more harder proposition. Um, let's move on to Man City, who made the short trip across the Pennines um, to play Leeds at Ellen Road. Of course, Jamie, you didn't go across the Pennines. You actually travelled up north um, yourself. So um, you were at the game. Haaland got two. You looked comfortable all game. Didn't look like you were even you know, going to have any issues at all. First things first, what did you make of that performance? Take it, you're pleased. Um, really, yeah, like it could have started off absolutely perfectly. Obviously, Haaland, second, first minute, second minute, had that chance and Melia made a good save. Um, that would have sort of, you know, it probably would have just meant the game was absolutely dead rubber from the start because Leeds were just very poor and sloppy, really. It wasn't any, they weren't, I don't know how to not be fully harsh. It's more, they just didn't look like they were going to amount to anything, really. It was more, in my mind, I was like, they, if they get a set piece, that's the only way they're going to score. It's going to be from a free kick corner, and their goal did come from a corner. Um, in terms of the whole game, I think, so I saw a stat as I was um, after the game, City had 4.2 XG, which is the highest of any team this season. It just showed the the chances that you get when you play Leeds. Um, we scored 11 against them last season. It probably could have been five or six tonight with Grealish missing a sitter, Arla missing a sitter. I think two sitters, actually. Um, I think there was another one from possibly Gundogan. It, it's a good sort of from scenes from City that we're creating all these chances. It, I think we just need to do what we were doing before where Harlem was taking his first chance and it just sort of, you know, smashes the game out and then you can make your subs and you don't have to worry, really, you're not worried about players overworked, especially coming back. And then you've got the Christmas period where games come very thick and fast. Um, in terms of the sort of overall, it's nice to see Grealish getting two assists, um, especially after missing his chance where... It's hard to defend. <laughs> you've got a, his chance. You just got to score. I don't care if you're one worth one million or a hundred million. You've got to be scoring them chances. It. I think it is a lack of confidence in his scoring ability. Um, but that's kind of the way it is at the moment. But getting him to assist, I'm hoping it will build up his confidence because he had an all right game. He seems to have a good game against Leeds, who. I don't really understand why they hate him so much in Leeds. Um, you saw, I I had people, you had people calling up, um, it was TalkSport or one of the sort of shows sort of going, oh, we wouldn't get in my Sunday league team. Like it was very bitter and pathetic of Leeds fans and how much they hate him. I don't really understand it. I understand he probably is better looking than all of you and will steal your girlfriend if he tried. But I think that's the rest of the country's got to deal with that fact and all. Maybe maybe he could ask Armouron for tips. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Jordan, what I was going to say. Yeah. Go on, Jordan, what did you make of, of City's performance? Yeah, no, I mean, never never really looked in any any bother. Um, even, you know, the only doubt I guess you could have had around the 40-minute mark is like, will they will City actually score? And um, they had obviously enough chances. Uh, yeah, that, I was going to make the Almiron joke. You know, if, if Almiron was playing instead of Grealish, she probably would have scored five. Um, but yeah, 
two two awful misses aside, Grealish did actually have a very good game. Um, we know he's a, a player who like gets gets fouled a lot. Yesterday was must have been. I'm pretty sure it would have been a, a, a record breaker yesterday for how many times Grealish was fouled. Um, I think some of their Leeds hate was just purely because he kept getting fouled. Leeds fans obviously been you know biased to their team, thought he was diving. Um, they've they've hated him in other games. It's a weird one. It's like they've just got an obsession about him when he comes. Like yeah. I've, it's like before he got the ball, they start booing. It was just a bit of a weird one for me. I think you see that a lot though with with the kind of big players or the the sort of they're either big like loyal club players who get booed, or like just big big silence with all the hype or whatever. Um, but I don't know, yeah, I don't know what he's done to Leeds to, to upset him so much. Um, but yeah, he he was unreal last night. Just kept getting fouled constantly. Did really well, and but yeah, should should be scoring those. Um, yeah, Leeds. As I said, never expected them really to do anything. I'm surprised they even got a goal. Um, and yeah, on another day, Harlem really should have had a hat trick as well. So confident win. Yes, and if you are a if you are a Leeds fan, do do let us know why you don't like Grealish in the comments. That would be very helpful. Um, speaking of Harland, as you just did there, um, so the local Leeds boy have got two goals, taking his goals in the Prem to twenty already. So it's a very gluttonous number. You know, share share some for the rest of us. Speaking of gluttony, let's talk about Calvin Phillips, who of course was accused of being overweight by Pep Guardiola. Um, but was included in the squad nonetheless. Jamie, what do you make of Pep's comments? You know, well, that was that a good thing to do, right thing to do? You know, why would he include him in the team if he thought he was overweight? Um, it's an odd one because Pep normally wouldn't do that. He'd always just go, "Oh, he's not, he's not fit." Like just full stop, and then not mention anything after. So it's kind of anything that's sort of slightly negative, really happens behind closed doors. So it was an odd comment to come out with. But if he is coming back overweight, it's very like concerning because let's be honest, you're you've come to a new team. We're at a different level to Leeds at the moment. It's you've been injured for a lot of the start of the season, so you're not getting any minutes. You've gone away to England, so you're still you're still training you're now meant to be match, match fit or at least close to match fitness. So to come back and to be overweight where Pep says he's not fit enough to train or play, that's not good enough, full stop. It's not something we should be taking lightly at all. It's just unprofessional. It's like a boxer coming in overweights. It's just, it shouldn't be happening. Um, We... I did see Pep's comments last night saying actually his body is so sexy, I think his words were. So he's kind of slightly changed the tune on it. I don't know whether he's said it and gone, I really shouldn't have said that. I'll try and make a joke of it, something like that. Um, but if it if it is true and he is overweight, because really he should be trying to start that Liverpool uh, Cup game because... You know, it's to get him minutes. It's getting him. It's getting him starting games. But when you're overweight, it's just not acceptable. So he has to. He's got to start proving it because we do need him for the rest. 
rest of the season because Rodri can't play every single game at CDM. Yeah, I I disagree slightly. I I think Pep has a hundred percent put his foot in his mouth there, um, and the fact he's called him sexy yesterday is is, is complete an utter admission of of, of an error. Um, the problem is, you know, social media and rival fans are unforgiving. Um, and he will now permanently be called fat for the rest of his career. Um, and I, I, I yeah, put, put simply, Pep, Pep's made an error there. He, he shot his own player in the foot really unnecessarily. Maybe in, in, in his head, it was like a digger at maybe Southgate for not having, I don't know, you know, not having the players who didn't play up to match fitness. But, you know, Phillips was at the World Cup, but he didn't play. So unless England are doing some behind closed door friendlies, then he's not going to be match fit. Yeah, so but I, I think overweight was the word used. Yeah, but overweight is just not not yeah not training or playing enough. No, like he's a professional footballer. I can't imagine he's you know. I'm sure he's still eating right, whether he's in Qatar or at home. Yeah, but if you're doing proper, yeah, if you should be training every day. To do proper training. You shouldn't come back overweight like. But in football that's, that's in terms, terms, like overweight isn't fat. Overweight is like he's probably, no, no, probably no, like no, five no. pounds, which he can lose. I in agree, a week. but like they have, obviously have to have a standard, and you can't be coming back overweight to what they say. No, no, I agree, I agree. But the way it's to handle not, that is to to say publicly, oh, he's not quite up to match fitness, which is disappointing, and in behind closed doors, bollock him and say, what are you playing at? Call him yeah, overweight yeah, yeah, publicly yeah. is just complete and utter error. Um, and even yesterday, you saw it, you know, Leeds, Leeds fans, I don't know what they were calling him, but yeah. He eats what he wants. Yeah, exactly. I think actually he 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 took it well and, and they ended up cheering his name anyway. But the point is, social media, rival fans are unforgiving. That's not going to help him in any way, shape or form. Um, so yeah, pep, pep error on that one, in my opinion. No, that's a good point. Um, okay, so let's move on to our resident Chelsea fan, which is you, Jordan. Um you got a decent result at home to Bournemouth. Again, you were there yourself as well. Um, what did you make of the performance? Uh, you know, pleased with it. I mean, you should be pleased with the victory. You know, it looked pretty comfortable. Uh, but of course, there is that concern with Rhys James. Looks like he's injured again. Perhaps rushed back a little bit too quickly. Who knows? But what what were your thoughts? Um, so very good. The first half, again, you know, got a, got to asterisk it with it, it is only Bournemouth but we were very good we were you know we had a lot of energy we played nice passing football created a lot of chances you know right. even Havertz was excuse me even Havertz was running which is you know something we don't see <laughs> Havertz doesn't normally press that much so that was nice to see um yeah good all, all round good in the first half obviously we were tuning up should have been three or four, in my opinion. And then we could have sat back in the second half. But considering our sort of pre-World Cup form, it, it was more about the result, getting three points, rather than the performance. Um, but it was it was nice to have both. Second half, died down a bit. Obviously, as soon as James got injured, it just kind of took the sting out of the game for us. And we didn't really... We looked like we just kind of were just a bit, maybe a bit rattled, maybe a bit frustrated, but also, you know, sort of just happy to take the 2-0, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. But I think that was a bit a bit situational rather than like, oh, we're just happy with 2-0. Um, and yeah, to be fair, you know, to my point, like 
we should have gone for the third and then just sat back. But actually, Bournemouth had a few chances in sort of 78th to probably 85th minute, where if one of those goes in, you're sitting there thinking like, what the what the hell has happened here? Why are we sweating in this game at all? Um, so that would have been very, very frustrating. But bottom line, we didn't concede. Clean sheet, home win, three points. At this stage, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Um, I guess on the on the James injury, I mean, obviously I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's going on. It, it, it's happened twice now where, where he's come back and re-injured it. Um, there were some comments on on Instagram from his his private private doctor or private coach suggesting some frustration, which maybe hints at him being put back in a little bit too early. Um, you know. In context of FPR, I didn't put him in my team for that reason. I, I thought he'd he'd come on for thirty minutes. I didn't think he'd start. And in hindsight, you know, it, it looks like that's backfired on us yet again, um, as he's now out for probably eight, four to six weeks is is the estimation. So again, we're without one of our best players in in a crucial period of the season. Two games against Man City, it's really not ideal. So <laughs> it's it's one of them this season. We can't just have a nice win where we play well and every everything goes well. Something has to go wrong this season. But, yeah, that's 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 football. Yep. And, Jamie, what did you make of the performance? Um, Chelsea play Forest next. Uh, do you think it'd be important that they need to get a result there to keep the consistency? Yes, Chelsea do at the moment. Obviously, they're sort of embedded in under Potter, but the performances hadn't been great for the last sort of some of the games he's had before the World Cup. But I think it was important to win against Bournemouth and it's probably important to win against Forest. Um with because at the moment if you look at I just looked at the league table, goals scored, Chelsea have only got nineteen goals, which is well, which is less than Haaland, which yeah. puts it in quite a big perspective there, but it's less than quite a lot of the teams around. So that's sort of a concern from them. So I think, like Jordan was saying, get another goal against Bournemouth, try and get a few against Forests, build up the confidence in their attack. Because at the moment, I think that's what's actually letting letting, the, letting you down from being higher up the table. Because eighth at the moment is not where Chelsea want to be. They're five points off United at the moment. Liverpool have had a poor start yet are above Chelsea. So they really need the point the points are gonna sort of be the main priority. Um with the Reese James injury, it is concerning that it's happening again after being out. Um I think if you look at if you say four to six weeks or about a month. He's now going to miss City at home, probably Liverpool away in them games. So that's like two of the biggest, two of the biggest and toughest fixtures you can have. And he's now going to miss them, which I think is going to be a real blow to Chelsea because no offense to Aspilicueta, he won't do what James does. And unless you're going to put someone else there, because you do experiment sometimes having a different right wing back. Seeing like Loftus Cheek play there, um, I don't know who else to be honest, but but either way, yeah. no, no one's Reese James. That's that's the bottom line. No, 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 they're not, and they're not going to offer what he would offer. 
Um, so it is a bit concerning for Chelsea in that regard. Um, but it's sort of who who's who is he being rushed back is the concern because well Reese James's sort of comment of not getting in the England squad seems to be frustration at South at Southgate. I think in the way he sort of made it made the comment was I'm gonna be back in time for at least some of the World Cup. Probably clearly not. And I was hearing Unfortunately, Reese James was going to get pulled off around the 60, 65th minute as a sort of normal substitution just to, so he's had the minutes, he comes off and he gets injured, what, 50th minute? And if we're talking fantasy, it it annoyed me because I obviously brought him, I brought him in and he only gets one point when he should have had a nice six points. So yeah, that that annoyed me, <laughs> let alone Reese James. <laughs> All right, so just before we look at the rest of the league, just quickly then, um, Spurs played Brentford as well, and they, and they were the only two teams inside the top 10 that didn't actually win, which was convenient because they both actually played each other in a 2-2 draw. Spurs coming back from 2-0 down in West London. Um, this is just going to be for one of you. I'm going to ask you, Spurs, of course, clawed it back. Um, they managed to get back when probably it was looking against them, but once again, they fell behind. Jordan, do you think Spurs will be able to keep up the momentum and cement a fourth place finish? Well, top four finish at least. Um, or do you think that Brentford is an, you know, the draw at Brentford is an example of that their luck is eventually going to run out? Yeah, I agree. I, I've been saying it, you know, it's my job as a Chelsea fan, I guess, to, to dislike Spurs. But biases aside, I've said it all season. You know, it's probably one of the most consistent points I, I, I've been on the podcast. Spurs have been disappointing all season, despite their good t- uh, good league position, despite their results, they have been poor in the majority of their games, and it, it's not good enough. And it is, it, you know, it is catching up with them. You know, they've gone from playing book poorly and winning to now playing poorly and drawing. What comes? What comes next? Playing poorly and losing. Um, so in in terms of sort of the top. You know, top four, top five race. I do feel like Spurs are one who who are probably going to dip back and decline in the table. Um, and it's just such a weird. It, I, I believe. Don't you know? Correct me if I'm wrong, but they've conceded first in the last nine, I believe, Premier League games. Now that is absolutely ridiculous, and it and it seems it's, you know, joke jokingly you could say they're you know. They've been known to bottle it, but I guess if you concede first and you can't bottle it at least, so maybe that's Conte's master plan of Spurs are no longer bottlers. They they just concede first and come back, but it, it's getting ridiculous now. And I, I, I almost can't put my finger on it. Like why, you know, Conte's tactics, you know, what, they're, they're defensive and then because they're defensive, they concede first and then, they don't be defensive because they've conceded. Like, I genuinely, I just can't work it out. Like, you've got Son, Kulisevsky, you've got Kane. That's a pretty good front three by, by all accounts. Why like, why are you not attacking? Why, why are you conceding every single game? You've got a World Cup winner now as a centre-back in, in goal. Like, not in goal. Well, Lloris has won the World Cup, not recently. But, what? like, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And I do think Spurs fans should and probably are concerned. 
because it's just getting it's becoming a habit where they can only play when they're losing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not two nil down as well. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's just and they're so good when they're two nil down. Yeah, just don't get it. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, just before we touch upon the teams sort of battling out uh, against the drop, um, we'll just round off the sort of rest of the, you know, results from the weekend. So, of course, we got uh, Newcastle getting an outstanding win at, at Leicester three nil there. Liverpool beating Aston Villa three one. Man United looked absolutely fantastic against Nottingham Forest by beating them three nil. And then, of course, you've got um, Everton continuing to disappoint their fans by losing two one at home to Wolves. Doesn't look very good for them, does it? Um, and of course, you've also got uh, you've also got here Southampton losing at home to Brighton. Nathan Jones can't seem to buy a win. Fulham beating Palace. Palace seem to be conceding goals as well, like they're going out of fashion. You know, which one of them teams, you know, in that bot fighting for that relegation looks doomed already to you guys? I think it's got to be Southampton. They have looked so poor. Like, when you see sort of like, I think Nottingham Forest would be an obvious one, but when you watch Nottingham Forest, you can see the fight about them. With Southampton, I just don't see it. So, without signings in January, I think they probably might go down. They've just not looked at it at all. I don't see where their change of form's coming from. I I'd say Forest still again similarly consistent throughout the season so far, but they just lose like they just lose and it's it's you know away to United they just lose like there's teams you know like your I, I guess let's pick out the teams who are in there you know Southampton Wolves Everton West Ham you know even Leeds all of those teams are capable you know I'm not saying regularly but as a one off. They're capable of a performance against a big team and a win. Forest, correct me if I'm wrong, especially away, I've not seen it. Well, they won at home against Liverpool, but away they've oh. only away they've only scored one goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah, that Liverpool result in itself is an exception. So I just maybe that's unfair. Maybe you know I'll, I'll be my words in a few days' time when they go and beat Chelsea, but. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I've just not seen, in terms of like reviewing their squad, their signings, their manager, I'd give them based on that a chance to stay up. But I've not seen anything in those away performances, not just against top sides, by the way, like in any game really away from home this season. I can't remember a time they've been that good. And it just, it, it seems like, yeah, we're just going to go away. We're just going to lose. And there's no... We're not going to, you know, I'm sure they're trying, but it just looks like the biggest bank ever to back a team that have Forest at home. And I think that's a bad habit to get into. You know, even Southampton, their bad form, I still think they're capable on their day of pulling an upset. And they've, they've done it many times over the years. So for me, Forest are probably still the most resigned to going down. Yeah, they're no, very interesting there. I sort of, Agree with all the points. I think, I think Everton should be very disappointed. You know, allowing Wolves to close the gap on them to a point. You know, but they're capable of drawing out a result against the big boys when it comes to it. Um, but yeah, Southampton. I think under Nathan Jones, which I think was quite a strange appointment in the first place, is 
it, it doesn't look good for them at the moment. But I can also see that, yeah, Forest can't seem to even get a result away from home. At least Southampton seem to be able to do that. Um, so just to round off this week's uh, Premier League action then, um, we haven't been able to do this one for a while because we haven't really sort of done these sorts of things due to World Cups, international breaks, etc. Um, it's who's your player of the week? Um, we should get a little theme tune for that. Uh, Jamie, first thing else, who was your player of the week? Just one. Um, fairly difficult, but I'm going to try and put my bias aside. And I don't like saying this about a United player, but Rashford's looked very good. Come back with a goal and an assist. Um, and sort of, I think he's the one who, I think that game could have been differently if Rashford wasn't probably in the form he's in because he was the one who made things happen. So, yeah, I'll say Rashford for this week. You've stolen mine, so I'm going to have to change it now. <laughs> I was going to say Rashford again, bounce back well from World Cup, but I'm going to pick different. I'm going to go with Mr. Consistent, Ballon d'Or contender, who knows? Uh, I'm going to go with Almiron. Again, leading the way in a very dominant... You know, Leicester, I know they've not been great, but beating Leicester away is, is still quite a tough win. Um, yeah, Newcastle were very good. So Yeah. yeah. And, and to be 3-0 up in 20 minutes against any Premier League team is, is insane. So, Almiron again on the score sheet. His stats now are just getting ridiculous. Um, Yeah, Almiron. Interesting. I was originally going to go for Casemiro, but because we've already got a United pick... um. And we've got a Newcastle pick. I'm actually going to go for Solly March at Brighton. I think he was outstanding against Southampton. I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He guarantees you a consistent performance every game. But of course, you know, there are other players that deserve a mention, whether it's Mitrovic, Haaland, Jolinton, you know, you name it. There's plenty, plenty there that had a very, very good week. So, yeah, I think I think that just about wraps us up up and um, thank you everybody for listening but i'm going to hand you over to jordan who's going to round us off and as always let us know your thoughts in the comments if there's any players of the week we've missed out please do let us know um, but as always like comment and subscribe you know the drill oh.